Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about whether or not we should tell people when it's time to stop certain activities. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I am with the crew at Champion PT and Performance here answering your questions, physical therapy, sports performance, fitness, career advice, anything you want to talk about, please head to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link, and you can fill out the form to ask your question that we'll answer on a future episode. Let's see. I am here with Mike Scaduto, Dewesh Podell, Dan Pope, Lisa Lowe, Lenny Macrina, and Dave Tilly's empty chair at his desk. For those watching us, those very few that are watching us on YouTube, Um, but uh, Dave's back. I know most people listen to us, but Lent, who do we have for students today? Lovely students, lovely students. We are going to go ladies first. We have Selena Gomez-Poppert from the University of Michigan at Flint. We have uh, Jeff Babam Hatam from NYU. We have Peter Parker Johnson from the University of Kentucky, the home of Terry Malone, our friend. We have Mike. Michael Yogi Berra from Belmont University down in lovely Nashville. That, now that, that isn't, that's a student <laughs> intro. You see how all that just rolled off your tongue? Like that was, that was impressive. That was pretty, that was impressive. What did, I, uh, I, got, my, I, I got my list. <laughs> what did, what did, what did, what was Yogi Bear's, not Berra, but Bear? What was their, um, what was the thing they said, Yogi? There was the picnic Gosh. baskets. What was the other thing yeah. with Yogi? Wasn't yabba dabba do? No, no that's the Flintstones, right? Yeah, all right. <laughs> poor, Yo- poor Yogi the Bear. Nobody remembers Yogi the Bear. That's the thing. Sorry, Mike. You haven't watched Yogi Bear, right? No. Hey, boo boo. No. All right, what hey, do we have for a question? Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, that's one, right? And in, in the hey, picnic hey, basket. Hey. Uh, anyway, yeah. all right, all right. What do we have for a question today? All right. So this question's on telling patients or if we should tell patients to avoid certain activities, and it comes from Denise in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, she asked, how do you determine when you finally need to give a patient that limitation of no longer performing certain activities? I love lifting and obviously part of the passion of PT is getting patients to the highest level of activity possible. Then you have a patient that has developing history of back pain that aggravates it at least yearly in pain cleans, clean and jerks, et cetera. When is it the final straw on limiting activities for patients, things like explosive lifts or running or sports? 
I, I think this is a great question, and I can't wait. I feel like Dan Pope should lead this one off because you essentially just described your day every day right there. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll start this off by sharing a quick story um, with my, my uh, low back pain. I've may, I may have shared this on a past podcast in there before, but, you know, I, I, you know Kevin Coughlin, who's not here today on our podcast, but is often one of our you know, speakers on here, I had him look at my back, you know, and, and the first thing he said is that, like, I needed to cut back on golf to like get over my low back pain. And, you know, I said it as a joke, but I essentially said that I am paying him to help me golf more. Right. And I, you know, it's, it's an interesting concept when you flip it that way. I do think that oftentimes in physical therapy, we tend to uh, go immediately to restriction and immediately to taking away when sometimes we don't realize that the whole reason the person here is here is to help them do the things they love that they want to do. And that is our goal. And when you when you take that back and you start saying like, well, maybe they don't want to get out of back pain or maybe that's not their primary objective. They just want to get out of enough back pain to be able to continue to do the activity they love. So, you know, I, I thought that was interesting. I think, I think, Kevin, you know, you know, learned a little bit from that, like, because, you know, we kind of talked about that perspective. We got to remember that, like, as a concept. But so, Dan, I know of all the people on this, you probably deal with their most. Dwesh, you're probably number two, right? Because, you know, people are coming in with that same thing in the gym. But you want to start it off, Dan? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it for every one of my patients, it comes down with a discussion about their goals, you know. I've certainly been working with, you know, let's say like 50 year old men that are super stiff that love CrossFit and they love Olympic weightlifting, but they've got this horrendous mobility. They can't get in a front rack, can't press overhead. Like snatching is like completely out of the question, but they're still trying to do it all the time and they want to do it. And that's why they're coming to see me. Right. And if that's the case, I'm going to try to get them better. And we're going to try to figure out ways to improve that. And if they're having elbow pain, shoulder pain, I will present the idea that if they do less of this, it's probably going to feel better. And if they stop doing CrossFit and they just do general weightlifting and go run a couple times a week, they'll probably feel a lot better. But their goal is specifically to do better at Olympic weightlifting. So I'm going to push that as long as that's the primary goal, you know. But the other part is that we have this discussion about goals because I think that's important. There's a lot of folks that go to a CrossFit gym and they're just doing all the CrossFit movements. And their goals are basically to be healthy and to be able to play with their grandkids. And they're doing hang cleans and hang snatches and they're doing movements where they don't really have the mobility that keeps on aggravating things in their body. And I just tell them like, hey, if we just modify to these movements, is that going to make you upset in the long term? Are you going to be upset with your you know, ability to exercise if you're not doing heavy snatches all the time? They say, no, not at all. I say, fine, let's modify right off the get go. So I think a lot of it comes down with first asking the patient's goals, right? So Mike, if you come in, you say, you know what, I want to keep golfing, my back hurts, and I'm going to try to keep golfing as much as possible. Um, I think the other piece is that you have to look out for red flags. You know, this you see this a lot in runners. I just had a discussion with Chris Johnson about this. If you have, let's say, Achilles tendinopathy, you can probably keep running as long as the pain is below about a five out of ten, right? And your pain's probably going to get better. Uh, compared to continuing or stopping all painful activities in the long term, right? If you can keep exercising, great. I'm allowing you to continue. If you've got a bone stress injury, then you can't run through that. It's just going to get worse, you know? So I think as 
as often as possible, you're trying to allow people to continue doing what they love to do, right? Oftentimes I'm giving people the permission to, but you're also presenting the idea like, well, if you stop doing this, I think you're going to do a lot better long-term, right? And if they really, really want to push specific lifts, then yeah, I'm going to keep pushing it. But if there's the opportunity not to, and they're going to feel way better, I'm going to let them know. Right. I like that. I like, and, and that's one thing about sports medicine that I think a lot of people don't realize. Like, so like you could argue like at the pro sports level. So like in baseball with us, like, you know, we, we get MRIs like right away on most of our things, even in things that we normally wouldn't get on in the general orthopedic population. And it's for that reason, right? Like you could, somebody comes in with a runny nose, we're going to get an MRI in 45 minutes from now, like to just make sure that there's no crazy reason why, because they and us want to get them back as fast as possible. And what we're trying to do is immediately say like, all right, let's just make sure there isn't something that is sticking out that is going to cause this person a problem and put them at risk. And if not, let's try to work through this as fast as we can. So I, I like that. It's all about their goals, right? Like, and, and I think we really have to pay attention to that here is that, that we have to start thinking that this is a service industry. We are not dictators. People aren't coming to us so we can tell them what to do. They, they are hiring us to help them achieve their goal. And when you, man, when you flip your mindset to that, I think things really change. So, uh, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I think I was talking to Kev actually about your back and this, and kind of this conversation. (laughs) It's important to understand the difference between like a recreational kind of like, I don't know, mid-level fun competition and like elite sports. I think level setting people's expectations. I'm getting there. This is a dig already, but continue. Yeah. Friend who loves you, it's honesty. I think that like with, with certain outer limits of sports and stuff and like the volume you play, you accept the fact that if you want to do it at a very high level or really, really frequently, it's not going to be completely pain-free. You always feel amazing and you can play whenever you want. Like, and that's not to say you can't play whatever you want or you can't throw a baseball, you can't do gymnastics. Elite gymnastics is a ton of this. It's like, you have to realize that, like you say, throwing a baseball is bad for you. Like it's not right. good for your shoulder. And so if people accept that, that's going to be some of the, the trade-off they take, which is, yeah, I have to deal with these cranky, like my cranky elbow once in a while and back off or my back's a little like, cranky when I play four or five days in a row or gymnasts are like, my, my ankles are going to get a little sore in the middle of the season when I'm trying to compete five weekends in a row. Like that just comes with the territory of either high volume or high level sports. And I think if you level set with people, like I think, yes, we should be the ones to help them do what they want, but we should also be the ones to educate them and like kind of give them just the advice that we have, which is like, Hey, if you want to do elite gymnastics and compete at a very, very high level, like it's, it's going to come with some bumps and some bruises and some moments where you got to back off. And if you're okay with that, I'll do whatever I can to help you achieve your goals. But like, I personally think as a therapist, I I don't like to sugarcoat with people and be like, oh no, it's all going to be okay. We'll just, you know, like this is totally fine. Like you're never going to have any pain at all. And it's going to be okay. Like I want to be realistic with people that this is really hard on your body in the same way you guys do with the elite baseball plays. Like, Hey, this is probably not going to be long-term the best thing for your shoulder, but I'm here to help you with whatever you want. Let's just make sure we level set your expectation there. And that's sports, right? That's sports, physical therapy, sports medicine right there. And, you know, we, we, we have to, we have to keep that in mind, but I do agree. And I think both you and Dan said it really well. Um, like we do explain these things to them. And that's why, you know, you, you, you know, we, we laugh when we say that, but everybody comes to me, they're like, wait, why do you think my shoulder hurts? And they're looking for a reason. It's like their mechanics or something like that. I'm like, it's just because you throw a ball for a living. I mean, that's why it hurts, right? Like that's the definitive reason. So, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's about that. And, and sometimes, 
sometimes it's just about workload management and understanding like if 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 you didn't know that a hang clean could cause your pain and you're just doing it anyway and you're thinking it's coming from your foot or something like that then you know yeah then you know you just need to be educated on that and then talk about workload but you know for, you know from there i think it's it's all about you know helping them uh tackle those peaks and valleys like you said dave yeah uh what else dan you want to jump back in before yeah, real quick, i know i'm talking a lot yeah. here but no i, I love I it I think it's super important just going off of Dave is this idea of expectations because, you know, people are going to come from the gym and be like, well, Sally can squat seven days a week and her knees never hurt. And I can only squat once a week and my knees hurt, you know, going back to this conversation that like, all right, doing too much of anything is, is bad for you. It's very different from person to person. And you have to understand that and super common. So I think people need to know that, Hey, I, you know, some folks can, can handle snatching four days a week. Some people maybe just once, and that's how it is. You know, it, I wish we can give you different genetics, genes, past medical history, you know, better sleep, stress, all these, like you can't change everything. And that's kind of how your body is. Um, and that's a little unfortunate for some folks, but I think that's just the nature of it. Yeah. I like it. Lisa, what do you do with your athletes? Um, so especially with what Dan kind of just said in terms of, you know, just different bodies and frequency of people being able to continue to row and that kind of a thing. I, I feel like I've had a really interesting group of people recently and that I have a lot of rowers who are in their late twenties and early thirties and realizing that their bodies can no longer handle the same amount that they did for college and the immediate like post-grad years. And they're like very confused that their body doesn't like them to row every day or twice a day all week long. Um, and so it's, it, it, it you know, it's, I feel like the the interesting thing that typically happens is rowers then just are like, oh, my body can't handle this more. And they ditch the sport altogether rather than realizing like, oh, maybe I need to actually strength train to be able to tolerate these things. Maybe I need a little bit more recovery time. Maybe, you know, this one technique thing I've been doing, my body like really just can't handle it anymore. And it's, I feel like that's typically where my conversation goes is like, okay, what piece of your week or piece of your body can we like attempt to start to change over time that will allow you to at least continue to enjoy this sport. And like, maybe it's not like never row again in your life, but maybe it's like row four times a week instead of nine. Um, and and <laughs> that's, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> and you can still have fun and you can still race and you can still be around the community, but you can take care of your body better um, and not live in pain constantly. I mean, there's plenty of rowers who come in in their late twenties and are like, Oh, I've literally just lived in pain for the past decade because that's what I thought rowers had to do. And it's like, well, no, yeah. <laughs> um, there are these other things. So, um, I, I don't think I have, I've have had one instance, maybe two where I've had to tell somebody like rowing is maybe not your best sport, but it wasn't because they couldn't eventually do it. It was because they weren't capable of doing the other things their body needed to like maintain a healthy body in, wow. in their current space. You know, it's like maybe when you're later on in life, you'll be able to come back around to this and <laughs> not be painful again. But um, I, I, I don't think I really ever look to tell someone that they shouldn't be doing something. It's just like, what do I give, what do I help you figure out so that you can do this? Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And and then uh, call me crazy, Mike. That's that's like to the T. Essentially, the same thing with your population with golfers, right? I mean, they're coming to you for a reason. But you know, it, it sounds like everything Lisa said was was similar for you, right? Yeah, I think that's that's certainly um, the conversation that I have. And then you know, I think a lot of patients, younger patients. I, I work with a lot of younger baseball players as well, but also you know, golfers who are, are I work with junior golfers, but also golfers who are a little bit older. They're really looking to draw on your experience on how these these type of things progress and what does the future look like for them. So a lot of what I'm talking about with my patients is is how they're going to manage these symptoms in the long run. Part of our goal is to always, um, you know, make progress. So I, I let them know from the get go. I say we can do these activities. Here's how we're going to be able to tell if we're making progress. You know, if we have a less intensity of pain, that pain goes away. Um, you know, more, uh, goes away quicker after the onset of discomfort, um, at a less intensity. Um, or if, you know, a flare up is, is a little bit further in between. You have more time where you're feeling good, even though you may not be able to totally avoid a, a flare up of low back pain when you're playing. You can play 20 rounds instead of three rounds before your back pain comes on. That, that's signs of progress. Um, but we're always kind of talking about, you know, how do we manage this going forward in the future? And also, what's what's the risk assessment of this progressing into something more serious? And I think that's that's. I'll be honest. I, I mean, I tell, I shut people down from throwing all the time, and uh, you know, those younger kids where they may be borderline bone stress injury, say this is what this progresses to. Here, I'll lay it out on the table for you, and we don't want to let you get to that point. I think this is in your best interest right now. Let's let's take a break from throwing. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, but patients really come to you for the plan and for your experience and, and how this plays out over the next couple of years. Like that's, I think that's what they're really looking for. Yeah. I think sometimes we take that for granted too, is like, you, you know, in your head, like exactly how this is going to progress. Right. And sometimes, you know, we take that experience for granted. The person in front of you has never felt this before and they have no idea which direction to go. So they're really leaning on us for that. That's a, that's a good comment there. All right, Duesh, as the strength coach, that is the person programming their hand cleans, like just to go from here, but like, like, uh, you know, how do you handle this type of person? Because this is, this is, you know, from us in the rehab perspective, I think we get the little bit of the, um, you know, it, we feel a little bit more comfortable shutting people down and do little things. What, what are some strategies you use for somebody that you think like maybe wanting to do things that is, you know, maybe causing their pain to linger? Yeah. So I want to, I want to quickly go back to what Dave and Dan said earlier, just so I can kind of put it all together. Um, I think a, we, no matter if it's rehab or performance, we, we got to kind of go back to the conversation of there is a cost of doing business, right? So whenever we're trying to do stuff like hand cleans or heavy squats, deadlifts, like we can't expect things to go perfect all the time, no pain, you know, whatever. Right. And then I think to kind of build on that, there's certainly a difference between being hurt and being injured. Right. So I think even in this question, I think it kind of mentioned that this person, this particular person has hand cleans and has back pain twice a year. Like, I think to me, like, that's probably not that far from normal. For most <laughs> Success. People, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, to me, that's like a successful year of training. Um, they might've gotten hurt twice and then they get back on the saddle and they get back after it. So to me, that's, that's probably not that far off. And what I would do in that situation is it's right. It's always a conversation of you add some and you take away some. So when you're in a period where you're probably, you know, pretty healthy, that's probably a really good time to add in some extra stuff, maybe some mobility, some stability stuff, some dynamic control stuff, 
to make your entire system a little bit more resilient to injury for that particular lift, right? So we're going back to the concept of clean and jerk, right? Maybe we work on some extra mobility in T-spine, mobility in the hips and ankles so that we can get into a better receiving position. Uh, maybe we work on some overhead mobility and, you know, dynamic overhead stability to work on receiving a, a, the jerk or a snatch, whatever it may be. And we give a heavy dosage of that and we prioritize in a certain time of year. But now in, on, on the other side of the equation, like if you hurt yourself last week doing that, maybe let's take away clean and jerk for a week, maybe two weeks and, you know, add in some more baseline stuff and then kind of build back up. But yeah, like I, I think you guys all kind of said it, like I don't, I don't know that I'd necessarily jump right away into taking away that exercise unless it was one of those like, all right, you're totally injured from this injury, from this exercise and you don't have the goal of getting good at this exercise. Right. So it, it right. definitely does go back to the whole goal, you know, concept. Like if you don't care about that exercise and you don't have to do it, right? I have plenty of people that don't want to do hand cleans. My athletes don't do hand cleans. They don't want to do hand cleans. <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> but if they really do, I'm, I'm literally going to try everything in my power to make sure that they can and then have the conversation with them and tell them that, and, you know, if you get a little hurt, it's fine. We'll build you back up and we'll keep making you better. I like yeah, that twice, I mean, twice, twice a year. I mean, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I didn't, you know what? I didn't even <laughs> pick that up from the question, but you're right. But yeah, if you just once or twice a year, your back hurts from, from a lift, I think that you're right. That probably is success because most athletes are always pushing the envelope, right? So they're always mm. flirting with like max for capacity, sure. right? So, you know, having that little flare up, I think is part of the educational process for them. And then perhaps they'll learn, okay, all right, you know what? You know, I wasn't feeling good last week. I was tired and I still pushed. I won't do that next time. So, you know, no need to panic. Just, you know, go from there. Right. So what else? What do you think, Dan? I was just saying, like, for some athletes, like, if you're getting some pain, it's like, all right, we're pushing enough. We're kind of where we need to be. Like, oftentimes before powerlifters kind of peak for competition, they're getting little aches and pains. Things are starting to break down. And it's like, okay, we, we kind of are figuring out our limits and we're there. Right. We're pushing as hard as we possibly can, you know, with our recovery. So, I, you know, like Dewey said, that's, kind of part of the, you know, the game you play sometimes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, you know, I think, you know, to summarize a little bit here for Denise here, you know, I don't think we're, I don't think we ever seek out to say, okay, it's time that you stop doing this. Right. I think we're, you know, we think our job is to help people to enable them to perform the activities they want to do. I think that's the whole premise of physical therapy, but especially even sports physical therapy, when you talk about the athletic population. So for us, I think that's, that's super important. But, you know, like Dewey said, like regress, work on building blocks, work on, you know, trying to increase their capacity so they can do that. Like kind of like Lisa, Mike, Dan, everybody said a little bit here is, is, is educate them on, on the concept behind it, the workload progressions behind it. There's, there's so many things that I think we can do that for us. It's, it's, it's that last, you know, little bit, but we do owe it to them to educate them on what it is they, they should be doing. Right. So, and to say like, Hey, look, this may be stressful, but we're going to, we're going to manage it together. Right. I think we owe it to them to say that, but, uh, but great question, Denise. I think a lot of people are dealing with that. So really appreciate that. If you have a question like Denise, please head to micron.com, click on that podcast link and you can fill out the form to ask your question and keep them coming. We'll see you on a future episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinal.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinal.com. 
There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.